do you find that people are using it correctly most of the time? What do you see when you first start consulting with somebody? Are they like using it correctly? They just don't know the full potential or are they just using it totally wrong from the start? One of the biggest mistakes I see people make in chat GBT is they have these, either the prompts are too thin or they're too much. And the tool doesn't know how to process it correctly for the right output. So what I mean by that is I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and they were like, Hey Ryan, help me with this chat GBT prompt and how to do this. And I looked at the prompt that they gave it and it was this two, three paragraph giant prompt. And they were expecting it in the one output to be the perfect response. Mm. Well, my response to that is you have to prompt the tool up. Welcome back to the Creator Files podcast. Today we have Ryan Dozer and he is a self-made AI expert. He's paved the way on his own so that he could work for himself. And of course we have Nathan in-house and we're just going to talk about a bunch of different ways that we want to test out AI and kind of pick Ryan's brain today. So Ryan, tell me a bit about your main website and what you do. Yeah, well, first off, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, I've been a fan of income school for five years, I was telling you, so it's truly an honor to be on the podcast. Um, so I've kind of paid my own way. Currently, I do both high ticket lead generation for clients in various industries. And I also have two affiliate websites, one in kind of the home technology space and then one in the purely AI space. Uh, when it comes to AI, that site is called AIinsidertips.com. I have a full YouTube channel where I do 100% legit tutorials on YouTube, whether it's ChatGBT, new AI tools, news, tips and tricks. Um, and then I complement those videos on AIinsidertips.com through a purely AI content approach. I'm just kind of testing the waters uh, to see what I can get out of pure AI content, throw some PR in the mix to get some backlinks to complement the YouTube videos and see what happens. Yeah. So you have a whole system going on here. And how long have you had the AI website? Yeah, it's been around since May or June. I'd have to look back and search council. Um, nothing significant as of yet. But as you guys know, that three to six month sandbox or waiting yeah. period to get indexed with the, the search engines, Google, Bing, etc. Um, so I'm going to give it six to 12 months and then probably see where it goes from there. And Very how cool. long have you been in the AI space? I really got into it. Honestly, Jasper was probably my first um, big taste in 2021 when Jasper first came out. I actually used Spin Rewriter. I was talking about this at a conference last week in 2015 when I was kind of stuck on a college paper and looking for a workaround. I came across Spin Rewriter in 2015. So that was like my very first touch of AI. Um, but Jasper was kind of my first full on graphs. Then once ChatGBT came in, it was like, wow, the boom's here. Now I need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. How did that feel when you're already in the space and then suddenly that comes out and everybody's jumping all over it? Were you excited that it was taking off? Or were you kind of frustrated? Yeah, you know, I'm excited. I, you know, I love people interested in AI. I'm very passionate about it. And on a separate podcast, I compare it a lot to crypto where I see chat GBT being the Bitcoin. I see, you know, Ethereum being Google Bard. And then all these other tools remind me as kind of the altcoins, I like to say it in crypto. So the, I see a very similar trend. Tell us about what you do on day to day. Is it mostly just testing out content right now to see what the AI is going to do? Yeah. So the website itself is kind of a side project right now. Um, most of my time is being spent on the YouTube videos. Um, and so AI insider tips, um, if you want to you know, look that up. Uh, my latest ones are about Dolly 3. So Dolly 3 is uh, OpenAI's AI image generation tool. 
Um, so they just integrated this into ChatGBT Plus, where you can now prompt it inside ChatGBT and generate these AI images. Uh, originally, Dolly 3 was for free inside what's called the Bing Image Creator. So you just needed a Microsoft account to use it, um, but you couldn't get very sophisticated with the prompt. So I've seen a lot of interest now on my, you know, my YouTube followers and my subscribers, and I'm just starting I'm about 350 right now. So nothing crazy. Um, but that's where the interest has been, I've realized, is Dolly 3. And you think it's the best? It's hard to say. Adobe Firefly is pretty good. Midjourney was kind of the pioneer in the AI image generation space. If you look at Adobe Firefly and compare it, it's getting pretty good too. So I would say probably Adobe Firefly is my number one, Midjourney two, and then Dolly three is a third spot. Okay. But you want to learn all of the AI tools. Is that kind of your mission? What is your, your goal right now? Are you just trying to figure out what the best AI tools are out there or my Yeah. So my mission is kind of to be an authority in the space, number one. Um, oh. One side of my business that I've actually picked up quite a bit on is AI consulting, mainly for small to medium-sized businesses right now, or it could be anyone, um, where it's just these business owners that have zero understanding of AI tools or ChatGBT. They've heard about it, but they don't know the real-world applications. They don't know how can I implement AI tools or ChatGBT to grow my business or maybe you know cut costs on a lower-level staff, right? Just various instances of that nature. So it's right. been the AI consulting part, just so I'm a... I'm ahead of the game and can understand that part. Kind of a question that I have, kind of going back, not to bring us all the way back, but kind of back to the images and kind of just AI in general. So there's this kind of overarching question that I've had with my minimal exploration of AI of kind of not even just the legality of it, but the morality of it. What are your thoughts there? Do you think there's a line that should be drawn? Um, just as honestly, someone who's just kind of getting into it, but who has interest, I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to know, like, is there is there a problem there yeah. or not really? I get that question after every presentation I have. Yeah. Um, my thing is, I think it depends on the niche. It depends on the industry. And just like anything in marketing, the, the famous answer is it depends on the niche, right? <laughs> um, so anything what's in what's called, as you guys know, the YMYL, yeah. your money, your life category, I would use AI with extreme caution. Because mm -hmm. when you're using AI to direct people to make certain financial decisions, certain right. health decisions, that's where you can get in trouble. Now, if you're doing AI from you know, racquetball or pickleball or like some entertainment niche that's not, you know, in that YMYL category. I mean, you can just let it rip and just as long as you have the authoritative uh, figurehead as an mm -hmm. author behind the content, you would be surprised on some of the results that you can get. And what about on the morality side? Like, I mean, it's generating content based on some amount of input, right? And so what do you think there? Like, What's the difference, I guess, generally speaking, spinning versus AI? And I know those are very general yeah. terms, but just your thoughts there. Yeah, morality. Um, for me, again, it goes back to YMYL. Very hesitant with AI content in those niches. Okay. Um, but what I would compare that to is, you know, outsourcing. So sure. where you would typically pay fifty to a hundred bucks for a Fiverr or an right. Upwork writer, I don't really see too much difference with that than just using an AI tool to spin up a similar, if not better, output. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you find that people are using it correctly most of the time? ChatGPT or AI in general? Uh, ChatGPT. Let's talk about ChatGPT. What do you see when you first start consulting with somebody? Are they like using it correctly? They just don't know the full potential or are they just using it totally wrong from the start? One of the biggest mistakes I see people make in ChatGBT is they have these, either the prompts are too thin or they're too much. And the tool doesn't know how to process it correctly for the right output. So what I mean by that is I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and they were like, hey, Ryan, help me with this ChatGBT prompt and how to do this. And I looked at the prompt that they gave it and it was this two, three paragraph giant prompt and they were expecting it in the one output to be the perfect response. Mm. 
Well, my response to that is you have to prompt the tool up. So one trick that I always use that seems to work decent is do you understand? Mm -hmm. So you would ask ChatGBT, hey, I want to write a 2000 word blog post, professional writing tone and all the other requirements that you would have in your blog. And then at the very end, you would say, do you understand? And then ChatGBT will come back and say, yes, I understand. You want this, this and this. Or they'll say, I think I understand or no, I don't understand. Can you please elaborate more? So you have to prompt the tool up. What do you understand to get the best tailored responses? I love that trick. So by too thin, you mean too little input? Correct. Or like where someone just says, please write me a 2000 word blog and then clicks mm -hmm. enter. And then it's like, well, what's the tool supposed right. to do with that? You know, but then too much detail is not good either. And so Correct. how do you find that sweet spot? Do you just do like one sentence, two sentences, and then keep asking, do you understand? How much do you give it before you follow up with the do you understand question? Yeah. So one thing that I've done is I'll, I'll do typical two sentence prompts. So I just did something the other day for a local client. I said, please write me an SEO optimized, you know, local service page for this business. And then I had about three to five bullet points, you know, saying I need a professional writing tone. I need, um, this is the detail of this company and I need this detail. And then at the very end, I said, do you understand? And it actually gave me a full service page. And I said, okay, actually, please format the headings in H2s and H3s. And then it came back and reformatted in the H2s and H3s, copied it, pasted it, made some tweaks so the client was happy with the result, and then just kind of moved on. A couple months ago, we did a video on the Income School YouTube channel where it was like our first first time we touched ChatGPT. And we did kind of this whole segment or video about, you know, professional blog post writer, you know, I think Ricky in that case. And then I prompted the AI, ChatGPT, to write this blog post. Um, and it was like my first time in there just kind of playing around. I did a very poor job at prompting it. Um, and that was the largest criticism by far where your seat on that video was, you are clearly not a prompt engineer. I think that was the term someone used. And I said, that's yeah, the buzzword yeah, now, prompt yeah. engineering. Yeah, it's clear I was not a prompt engineer, but I think that's really interesting to hear like kind of there's a sweet spot between giving it too much and too little. Um, I really like that. It's very well, interesting. And now with there's all these different chat GBT Chrome extensions or right. browser extensions, one that I've used and I still use today is called AIPRM, where it has all these curated prompts. So it has a list of a thousand prompts where all you need to do is give it your business name, mm. your business services, your business location. And it already has a thousand words and a prompt ready to go. You click enter and it gives you a response on the curated prompt, if I'm making sense there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. One question I have for you really quick. You are just, it seems like so far into this, which is awesome. If if there was something you could get the AI to do that it's not currently doing for you, what would that be? Hmm. I would say where AI is not there yet, in my opinion, is yes, there are, you know, these VAs, personal assistants, but like an actual assistant where I can train it to say, hey, this is Ryan Dozer. This is the way I talk. This is the way I write. Mm -hmm. Boom go to the races, right? Or like, I just give it all these articles and say, here's five blog posts, here's 10 blog posts, knock it out. And you can right. do that today. There's still AI agents available right now, um, but it's not very good. So okay. I think the sophistication is still not there. I mean, yeah, images are yeah. still good too. Um, but Dolly three's in beta mode. I mean, all these other tools are in beta mode. We'll see. I don't, no one knows what beta mode means. Part of me thinks it's like open AI's way to just like keep everyone asking for more, but right. oh my God, it's in beta mode. So we can't do anything, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe less complaints too. Instead of people saying, yeah. oh, this isn't working well. They can just slowly improve it while right. they say it's in beta right. mode. Yep. People have lower default customer service response. Sorry. It's in beta <laughs> mode. Yeah. We should try that. <laughs> That's awesome. So how would we get started? Like we, we got this trick with asking it that prompt of, do you understand? But if we're like, how do we actually apply this to our systems? Let's For sure. Take blogging to start with. How would you, okay. what would you recommend? Do we get started slowly and just use it for maybe outlines or 
What do we do? Yeah. So that was going to be my first question is what's your strategy? You know, people just hear AI and they just want to go off to the races and get started, but you have to have a strategy of what you're even using AI for because different tools like chat GBT is not great for everything. It's not a one fit all great for short form content, great for ideation. So in terms of blogging, you said blogging, I would use chat GBT for ideation, where if you have a blog in, you know, racquetball or tennis ball, you or excuse me, pickleball, you could say like, Hey, chat GBT, I, I want to start a pickleball blog, you know, what are some keyword ideas? What are some content ideas? It'll give you the ideation of the content strategy, I would not use chat GBT to write your content like long form content. I would use a tool called SEO writing.ai. There's just more sophisticated tools out there for long form content, right? Sonic's another good one. Even Jasper's better at long form content than chat GBT. Um, so that's what I would do is I would use chat GBT for the ideation and strategy. I would, if you have a keyword research tool like Ahrefs or SEMrush, I would plug those keywords into a tool and get actual data, not chat GBT data. And then I would use a long form content tool like SEO writing.ai. You can use Dolly three for the image generation where it lacks you know, back to your previous question right now, I would say a big thing is internal linking where I still have to go yeah. back and add internal and external links. Now there are workarounds, I'm sure. Um, but to accurately go in and give quality internal links and external links is still a, a big downside of AI right now. Awesome. We're sure. taking notes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking notes. I'm not texting. on. Oh, <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> so you would say you would start with, you know, getting some keyword ideas, just ideas in general for these blog posts. And then what would the next possible step be to use AI? We don't want to write the whole post, but what would the next step in the system be? Yeah, so you could also use ChatGBT again. It's great for short form content. So what's an example of a good short form content? SEO titles, meta descriptions, um, H2. So have your outline ready to go. And then I would not use ChatGBT again for the actual meat or the content itself. I would use SEO writing.ai. Now, by the time this podcast is released, there's probably going to be a better tool out there than <laughs> mm -hmm. that because it's coming and going, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, short form content and strategy is where I'd start with ChatGBT. Something you just mentioned, and this is probably one of my biggest problems with AI is all these tools that come out and then like you said they come and they go how do you keep up like someone who's not like totally into it the way you are how in the world am i supposed to keep up with you know like the just the best tool like you said yeah chat gpt is not great for this but it is good for that how do you like balance all that it's a great question. Well, you should start by subscribing to AI Insider <laughs> Tips on YouTube. Will do. <laughs> no, futuretools.io has kind of been my my okay. go-to resource. Matt yeah. Wolf's the guy who runs that. He has his own YouTube channel. So he posts about a video a week. So really, in general terms, it's following one to two quality people who are in the weeds, maybe right. just watching one video a week, checking the website once a week. And you can filter by up and coming tools and the community upvotes it. Um, Hugging Face is a more in-the-depth kind of tool for that. Uh, they're more into the LLMs or large language models. So mm -hmm. the compete competitors to chat GBT, um, like Llama 2, which is Meta's LLM, Claude. I'm sure you're familiar with Claude, yeah. Google Bard, things like that. It feels a little overwhelming, I guess. Very. You know, it's just like, okay, I know I want to do this. I want to, you know, I have this process. I have three spots where I want to try and implement AI, trying to figure out the best tool. So thank you. Thank you for that. So one problem I've had trying to use AI is that I get, and maybe it's because I'm using chat GPT and not this other tool you mentioned, but I get it feels like it gets repetitive. The longer I use it, the more it feels generic, like all the other answers. Do you have any solutions for that? Like if I was yeah. trying to get some H2s and, or some headers and some, some short form content, what would I do about that repetition? So short form content repetition, 
that one I'm not too sure on, but in terms of long form, like with Write Sonic and SEO writing.ai, you can have inputs to the tool. So you say, you know, only mention this once. When I say, you know, five best things for this, mention only these five things. Don't ramble on. So it's really what you're prompting the tools to get you the output, if that makes sense. Cool. So you can kind of tell it. And you could do the same with short form too. You know, you could go to chat GBT and say, please only explain this once. Please don't replicate this. It's it's all about the details that you prompt it. Could I put in a previous prompt and say, so let's say I got a previous outline um, and then I wanted a outline for another blog post in the same niche, but I, I wanted it to have like no overlap with that last one. Could I put in the last one and say, don't repeat any of this? Yeah. I mean, you could, I would use the same chat though, because it's learning from the previous uh-huh. chats in that same chat. I would say, please use the same format that you use for this, but instead of this, please do this. And you'd be surprised by what you get probably. Cool. Yeah. We have a lot, a lot to play with a lot to learn here. Yeah. So I was going to also too. ask, yeah. <laughs> I was going to also ask, you mentioned a little earlier on and I maybe wanted to dig into this a little bit. So you mentioned, so kind of your strategy using AI, but then also having like a figurehead, someone or some, you know, some person on the website to kind of give that, you know, for Google AEAT is really important. So you don't have to share too much if you don't want to, but like kind of what's a little bit of your strategy there just so that some of this AI content actually has a chance at doing something. Yeah. So EEAT, experience, expertise, authority, trust, right? So it's all about the figurehead, the authority of the site, who's the author writing the content. That is becoming more important than ever with September helpful content update, Google's October core algorithm update. It's all about the, especially the two E's, experience and expertise. So my strategy behind that lately has been PR. So I'm sure you're familiar with Harrow. You know, that's kind of one of the early players in PR. Um, There are newer tools out there. Um, I don't know if I'll give the names of on this episode, but there are newer PR tools out there than Harrow if you want to do some research. Um, And really what that has accounted to is building an authoritative figurehead. So for my blog, AI Insider Tips, I've actually gained some backlinks recently from Consumer Affairs. Mm. Um, I had one from Lattice, which was a 74 DR recently. And then I had Go Banking Rates, which was like an 85 to 86 DR. And so what we're doing is we have PR associates that are 1099 that kind of work under me where they're in these tools every day, refreshing, looking for, you know, submitting pitches to these stories that journalists want to get, you know, comments on from these experts in certain niches. Um, So really it's a matter of refreshing these PR tools 24-7, coming up with pitches to submit to journalists as quick as you possibly can because journalists want to get the stories out ASAP. And that's what I've learned about all this. They would rather have me like I was on Yahoo Finance and go banking rates. I would not consider myself a financial expert at all. So I probably had some finance friends that were like kind of mad, like what's he doing on there? You know, (laughs) Um, but what I learned about that is they're more concerned with A, can you get me a prompt response quickly? And B, don't write a book. Just get me something quick that makes sense and then get it onto the site. So yes, getting PR, getting out there, getting the backlinks. And then also in addition to just the backlinks, because not all of them are going to be do follow, right? So they're sometimes they'll link to you, sometimes they won't. But what I've realized is that even if you do not have a backlink, Google still scrapes your name on their search engine and they can see, hey, Ryan Dozer was in Fox News. Ryan Dozer was in News Nation. They didn't link to Ryan Dozer, but he was still in those publications. So he obviously has experience and expertise to be on this topic of AI or whatever the topic is. With kind of your experience in AI, kind of all these this testing ground that you're kind of running with your, your website, your YouTube channel, is your goal, I, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but would you say that in the future, do you foresee that AI, are you are you kind of pursuing this because you foresee that AI is kind of 100% the future? Is that what you're hoping? Or are you just hoping to be kind of just early into the game if it happens to be? 
Yeah, both of those. And okay. I think, too, for my personal use, it's about efficiency and okay. also saving costs, right? I look at gotcha. it this way. If I were to go to Fiverr or Upwork and pay someone 50 to 100 bucks for blog posts, which I've done in the past, yeah. now I feel like they're just going to be using AI tools to spin up content and saying that they wrote it. So right. that's kind of defeated, in my opinion. Right. Um, but yeah, really, it's it's being early in the game, understanding you know the basics of ChatGBT prompts and just Bard and the basics of AI, but also getting into the weeds of the tools and being an authority in the space. Um, that way, people can consult me that don't sure. know anything or are wanting to learn more to help their business. So yeah, it's being that authoritative figure early in the space. Is SEO dead? That's the question they've been asking for how many years now, guys? Is like Quite a 10, few. 15? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A minute, um, a minute so, ago. <laughs> So with Google's SGE, Search Generative Experience, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Um, it's very interesting. You know, what I would say is informational content is is dead, is dying if not dead. Um, I think of like a trip advisor, right? Where if you're looking for 10 things to do in New York City and you go to Google and you have search generative experience turned on, you're going to get an AI responded answer from various sources. So yeah. those informational queries that are very top of funnel, they're going to be cut out. Now, if it's something more bottom of funnel, like transactional, um, like best, you know, best XYZ for this, as a user, I would rather go to an actual website and see someone who's reviewed products versus an AI generative search generative experience, right? But we're still very early and you have to be logged into Google and turn it on. So it's not by default yet. Um, so SEO is not dead. You know, the, the term in broad terms, SEO will never die. People will always need ways and intent to find things that they're looking for. Um, it's just going to be very different. It always adapts. Like you said, as we've looked through lots of people's websites and kind of seen, you know, after these updates and out, you know, everything with these algorithms that's going on uh, and you know the generative um, experience we have definitely seen that there are just these certain very strictly informational almost just like one or two sentence answer type questions that no one needs to click through anymore for those types of things we've seen some significant traffic dips kind of across the board just because of that that's kind of our hypothesis Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes and in terms of a strategy, too, from a content perspective, I mean, the play there is to not focus your efforts more on top of funnel informational sure. keywords then, right? Sure. It's more bottom of funnel, transactional, someone who might be interested. Focus your efforts on that because yeah. Google needs the expertise and experience to rank someone over just a purely AI article of, you know, best uh, streaming devices or best TVs, right? Google's probably not going to rank an AI piece of content with no actual EEAT behind that. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Let's talk for a minute about YouTube. What are some ways we could use AI for YouTube? Yeah, so there are AI text-to-video generators out there. We have InVideo um, is a tool that I've explored with. The quality is not there by far compared to actual organic content creation. Um, But yeah, so YouTube, you can use AI for the titles, the descriptions, the tags, and all the other ins and outs that go into YouTube instead of manually. I'll tell you what, I've spent hours going through tags when I first started this, as you guys could attest to, (laughs) just getting the YouTube tags, right? Because it's like 500 max characters. Um, I have a whole tutorial on my channel that talks about how you can create logos and YouTube thumbnails using Dolly 3 inside ChatGBT. But I I would stay away from using text-to-video right now and just publishing the actual video content on YouTube. I would like to play around with that because we had this this uh, very brief dream of making like 12 thumbnails for a video so that we could compare which ones were the best and then you know show the whole team for like three seconds because that's how long people get to look at a thumbnail when they're scrolling on youtube before their attention is drawn elsewhere and so we wanted to try that but we don't have the time for that our our editors and thumbnail creators do not have the time for that but if we could use ai to you know give these prompts with these different ideas and we get something close enough, decent, so that you could kind of get the idea and compare it with the other ones. Maybe we could make that. 
Yeah. I like how you reality. said ideas because that's the number one thing I always tell people that are like, I don't want to try AI, use it for ideation. If nothing else, use AI for ideation because you'd be surprised at some of the ideas that AI can give you that you would have never thought of. And then the writer's block snaps and then yeah. you're off, you know? Yeah. I think that's been my favorite thing like where I have used AI. And I think it was specifically chat GPT still, but um, video script, not and maybe not even necessarily script, but it's that idea generation. Like, where do I want to take this video? What should I include? You know, my my personal experience, my thoughts, my you know, my abilities—they're limited. But having AI just like scoop everybody else's thoughts and ideas and abilities and just say, "Oh, hey, here's a couple of really good thoughts and ideas." Like, that is such an awesome opportunity. I mean, how many? I I I don't use it that much, uh, but I think I've probably saved, like you said, probably hours already just because of the writer's block or whatever, like just having that extra little help just to get you over that hump of um, that writer's block, I think is so, so cool. Even with the Dolly 3 images, I've been using some for my YouTube thumbnails and featured images on my blog posts where I won't take them just from Dolly 3, but I'll upload them to Canva. I'll pull mm -hmm. them up in Photoshop. I'll throw a few more tweaks on right. them. Um, and that saved me a lot of time right there. I love the idea of saving time, but one big question that I have, and I think maybe this is the place, um, is AI generated content realistically ever going to be better than human generated content? And I think that that's maybe where it is. It's like, like I said, with my limited experience and my limited thoughts, I can only do so much. I can only take it so far. But if I could get some extra help there, then technically that is an AI generated, you know, to some extent, piece of content that would have been better than what I could have created in the beginning? As of now, my answer to that would be no, because you have to understand where where is AI getting the ideas and the data sets from? It's what's right. already there. It's right. what's on page one of Google. So yep. realistically, how could a pure AI article outrank something that's already there when it's just copying and respinning what's already there? Yeah. Um, so I think where it's going to go and, and where this could take place is like the doomsday thing where it's like ChatGBT talks to ChatGBT and AI is talking to AI to formulate something better than humans could think of. Um, but I think Google will penalize that and they still have, they'll never say like they penalize AI content, yeah. but it goes back to EEAT, especially the experience. The experience is the biggest part of EEAT, whether that's YouTube videos to prove that it's you behind a camera doing this, whether it's taking images from your phone, because Google can track if I took an image from my phone that I was in Des Moines, Iowa, and here's Ryan Dozer's phone, and here's the image that he took from all the other data pixels and stuff that they have on image data, right? Adding the experience element to your content will separate you from purely AI content. Yeah. Do you, do you think people, other people in the AI space, other AI experts like yourself disagree with you on that? Is there some controversy? Probably. Maybe, but they always have something to sell, like a course or something like uh -huh. that too. So, so I don't know. I don't trust really. I, I trust you guys, of course, for SEO advice, but uh, there's not a lot of people on the internet that I trust. Yeah. And I'm going to trust you on this because you know, you're saying it's not Google says this thing, but we can't just take it at face value. Yeah, yeah. For sure. What about affiliate marketing? Have you found ways to use AI for affiliate marketing? Yeah. I mean, AI for informational content. Um, I mean, you can spin up what I like to do too, with like the blog post for my YouTube videos. So if I have an AI, you know, affiliate video, so I had one on SEO writing.ai. I do have affiliate, I do have an affiliate link with them just in my YouTube videos. Um, so what I would do is I would write just a complimentary blog post about the YouTube video, and then I'd include my affiliate links in the blog post. And then you can also use AI to help with newsletters. So that's been the biggest revenue driver. Obviously, the email list, you guys are big in affiliate marketing. Email list is everything. So I'll use AI to help me with short form content that I can include in my email newsletters um, and things of that nature. But I don't, I don't use AI a ton in affiliate marketing right now. Okay. Um, it's mostly actually doing the actual YouTube videos itself and then using AI to complement with just the blog posts. 
Okay, so we got like a lot of ideas and we're looking for ways to start using AI more, especially as we go through this podcast. We want to do like challenges and we're going to be doing a lot more episodes on AI. But my big takeaway from this conversation, I don't know about you, was just the ideas of using it for ideas. And so it's not super concrete as far as results, but I wonder if maybe I just commit to using AI for ideas every single day Yeah, for 30 days. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I think for me, um, I, I've i always looked into the AI written articles and that sort of thing. Never anything that, you know, uh, since we, on the income school platform, we don't necessarily teach people to do that. And so it's never been something that we've been able to kind of explore too much because we're busy exploring things that we would really realistically tell people to do. So I think this is kind of a cool opportunity for me. Um, I'd love to kind of look into some of those AI writing tools, you know, become better at prompting, become better at doing all that. And we have quite a few websites in our portfolio that are kind of just like sitting on the side uh, that we haven't really touched for quite a while that I'd love to maybe start adding some AI content to. So I think for on my side, I think that's probably what I would do. Maybe start with the idea generation, but then take it on the content, the written content side, maybe one step further, actually get some AI written content do better with the EEAT, you know, getting that experience built so that we or that expertise and authority front facing on those websites so that we could actually potentially rank some of that content. Cool. I like yeah. that you have a concrete concrete solution maybe maybe i'll have you back on sometime yeah, i'd appreciate it <laughs> well guys i think the ultimate playbook or end goal for my site like i said it's 100 percent ai generated is to build up my author bio so right. whether that's you know backlinks and go banking rates or consumer trends 80 plus drda backlinks and use pure ai content and see what these backlinks and pr coverage can do to move the needle that's my long-term test cool. very cool really and how long-term are you are you expecting that to six go? to 12 months probably nice. so I'll, I'll evaluate probably summer of next year and see where i'm at what other what other takeaways do you want to send the audience or us off with we need it just as much yeah i would say ideation is number one okay. again if you if you don't know where to start with ai like most people i talk to ideation if you have ideation. a writer's block or something you don't know how to figure out ask ai always ask ai if you don't know the answer right um, the other thing I tell people too is just don't be scared. A lot of people mm. are scared of AI. It's very easy to read headlines and say, AI is coming for my job. What do I do? Oh my God, right? Um, don't be scared. Go into ChatGBT, start a free account, start Google Bard. It's free with the Google account and just start diving into these tools and failing. Start prompting it with things that you want to test out with whatever your business case is. Just dive in and fail. We can definitely do that. Thank well, you thank so you much. so much, Ryan. It's been awesome talking to you, kind of picking your brain a little bit about AI. It's good to talk to someone. Like you said, there's a lot of people out there talking about AI. Oftentimes they have some um, other motive to talking about AI, which isn't a bad thing. That's not a shade on any of those people. I think, of course, everyone's doing their business, but it's, it's awesome to be able to just talk to you and kind of hear um, someone who's very like-minded to what we're and kind of understanding what we want to do and um, can kind of get just this you know, stripped down version of what AI is and understanding and how we can kind of use it on a day-to-day -day basis. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. And I really appreciate you guys for having me on. I, I learn stuff from you every time a video comes out. So keep up the great work awesome. what you guys are doing too. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. One more quick question. If I were to try to get a title out of this episode from AI, would I, I probably wouldn't want to give it the whole script. You could. And that's another thing okay. that I've done too, is upload a script, a YouTube script to chat GBT and say, please format this in a 500 word blog post. <laughs> nice. Okay. I think we're going to try it at least for the, at least for, I'm trying to get a description. I'll try to get a title or at least a few title ideas and see what happens. Perfect. You should say this podcast was generated by AI or I don't know, something clickbaity with AI. There's a <laughs> yeah, lot of those out there. For sure. We'll do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks Ryan. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks so much guys.